אך אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שתוכנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדוש משר בעצמה ובבחר לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו נמנחנו ובקר חוכמה רבנו נחמן וצגה נענח נחמנחנו ואומן זכותם תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן בעזרת השם We start with section 7 and we're going to finish the lesson today בעזרת השם תורה נ"ז We just discussed about the importance of having Onik Shabbat, of delighting in the Shabbat, eating your fair share on Shabbat Kodesh, for the food of Shabbat is completely Elokut, Elokut Gamur. Look at the Chidush Rabbeinu Taras, that the eating of Shabbat is Elokut Gamur, is complete godliness. There's nothing, there's no psole, there's no impurities involved. The eating of Shabbat is completely holy, it sustains the mind first, and is able to restore a person's image of God on his face. then restore that fear that he's able to instill in his enemies and then to subdue his enemies. Veda, so section 7. Veda, no. And no, that in order to subdue and to nullify your enemies, it's enough just to fast or to eat on Shabbat alone. But for an abundance of peace, if a person wants to uh, increase peace One needs to increase in tzedakah. Meaning to subdue the enemy is one thing. But if you want to bring peace between your enemies, this is something that one needs, can only accomplish through tzedakah. One who increases in charity, increases in peace. The reward for fasting is what? Charity. The sun on Shabbat is charity for the poor. Shemesh, the sun, this represents peace. And the Sifri, Parashat Kitetze, also in the Gemara Yerushalmi Ketuvot, the sun shall shine upon him. Just as the sun is peace to all the inhabitants of the world, etc. And it says over there, this represents meaning peace, as we see in this um Um, in this Mechita, this Sifri, this Gemara, that we see this Shemes is Shalom. This is only possible through what? Tztakalanim, giving poor, giving charity to those who are poor. One is able to illuminate the sun, which is the aspect of peace. But know that there is a difference between the peace that one creates through the fasting during the week and the peace that one is able to create through the delight of Shabbat. The shalom, the peace that one creates through fasting, doesn't have the aspect of, of speech. This peace doesn't have speech within it. They were not able to speak peacefully. Meaning, it says about Yosef and his brother that they were not able to speak words of peace to one another. This happens through fasting. But through the delight of eating on Shabbat, one is able to complete Um, speech in, um, for peace. One is able to attach this concept of speech to peace. For the sake of my, my, my brothers and my, fel- my, my fellows, I will now speak peace. For the sake of my kin, I will speak peace. That we say about Shabbat Kodesh, That we shouldn't speak or speaking of 
weekday matters, we shouldn't speak on Imam Shabbat, which is said about Shabbat. That we shouldn't speak of the Chol, of the days of the week. For the mouth is complete with great light, is perfected with great light at the time when we eat on Shabbat, but not during the week. So we see with the Ba'adabah, speaking of mundane matters on Shabbat isn't applicable because the mouth isn't perfect during the week. But on Shabbat it is. So we can only speak of Shabbat matters because the mouth is is completely perfect with Shabbat. But if we speak on Shabbat and mundane matters, then you're blemishing the union of the mouth. You're blemishing the Shabbat. So this is what we say, I will now speak peace. This is the aspect with regard to Shabbat. As we just explained, that the mouth is um, perfected with the great light when at, time, at the time when a person eats on Shabbat. This is what the Chachamim say. There's no difference between Chametz and Matzah except for Mashehu. The most minor amount. What does that mean? Chametz is the rectification of anger through fasting, as we mentioned above, it says, Who comes, who is this that comes from Edom, from Rome, with blood-stained clothing? Chamut, comes the word Chametz, this aspect of Chametz, meaning Edom, the sixth day of the week, the fast day. Edom represents the liver, Chametz represents the submission of that liver, of the of Esav, this is the fasting. What is fasting? A lack of food. It says in Shemot, chapter 12, all chamet, all, all leaven things, you shall not eat. You shall not eat. This is the aspect of fasting. That through, that through not eating, one is able to create this inyan of chamet, which is the submission of the enemies. This is with regard to the sixth day of the week when a person fasts. But matzah represents the eating and the delight of Shabbat. As it's in Yeshaya, so that you will nourish and you shall have delight of Shabbat, etc., etc. And this is what it says in Ben Chametz Matzah. There's no difference between Chametz and Matzah. Except for Mashu, what's a Mashu? Meaning, there's no difference between the Ta'anit and between the eating of Shabbat. The only difference between them is Mashu. What's Mashu? No Tarikon. Take the word Mashu, and you're gonna, we're going to see this phrase from Yeshaya. Take the first letter of this phrase, you're going to spell out the word Mashu. And then Shin Shalom. Play around with the words. You have mem, shin, hey, vav, mashehu. Look how awesome this chidush is. Mashehu is an otarikon for ve'ayam ma'aset takashanom. For the work of charity is peace. The act of charity is peace. So we see that charity is able to create shalom. But the only difference between the shalom one creates through fasting and the shalom one creates through um, the six days of the week is a mashehu. For there's, you cannot basically compare the time, the the peace that is created through fasting and the peace that is created through Shabbat, because the peace of fasting doesn't have a mouth, 
and the pizza Shabbat does have a mouth. This is the chiluk, and this is the main difference. For the shalom that has a mouth, it's obviously a greater advantage than the shalom that doesn't have a mouth. Imagine a piece of person between two people that they don't speak versus a piece between two people when they do speak. The connection is that much greater. The same is true of the difference between the advantage of a human over an animal. The speech of Shabbat is that much greater. The peace of Shabbat is that much greater than the peace of the week. For animals are alive just like man. But a man has an advantage. He has a level greater. He has the power of speech. This is the difference between Chamet and Matzah. What is the only difference between the letters of Chamet and Matzah? You have the men. You have the Tzadik. But what's the difference? The Chet and the He. And the chet and the hay are very similar in letters. It's just if you connect the hay to the roof of that of that letter hay, then it creates a chet. It's just missing that little point in between the gap. Chametz hu bechet, chametz is with a chet. Bechinat shalom she'en lope, bechinat chay. Chametz is with the letter chet. This is the piece that has no mouth. Why? Because cham, the chametz is with the letter chet. What's chet from the word chay? Chet means life force. Chai, the animal who's alive. And what is an animal? The beast of the field. Comes the word chet. Chet yutav. It's the same letters. The beast of the field. Sorry, will make peace with you. So we see that the animal also has the aspect of peace, but it's through the letter chet. It's the aspect of chai. It's the aspect of animal, not human. It has no mouth. This is the shalom that has no mouth. That has no power of speech. Just like the animal of the field doesn't have the power of speech. But the matzah is spelled with the letter hey. This letter hey represents the five articulators of speech. And we know there's five ways to pronounce. Sometimes we can pronounce the letters with the palate, with the throat, with the tongue with the teeth or whatever, all these different ways of pronouncing letters, because gimel comes from the um, the throat, but aleph comes from a different, uh, sorry, let's say bet comes with the lips, um, lamed comes with the tongue, etc., the different ways of pronouncing it. Um, according to each letter, represents a certain artic- articulation using the mouth. So we see that the hay of matzah corresponds to the five articulators of speech. This is the strength of a person's speech. This is the aspect of what it says in Bereshit, chapter 47. Here you have seed. Obviously, here is a play on the word hay, which is the letter hay. What is zera also seed? Plant for yourselves charity, sow for yourselves charity. So we see Zera seed is actually a reference to Zirulachem Litzaka. We see that the seed is a reference to charity. As we see in the phrase in Yeshaya, that the work of charity is peace. And we see that the, the acronym of that phrase, is Mashehu. That this charity is a reference to Shabbat. And this Shabbat, which is the aspect of Tzedakah, is able to create a piece that has a peh, that has a mouth. This is what it says in Mishle. The lot, the lottery, puts an end to medanim, to altercations, to fights. 
Goral zibachinat onak Shabbat. The lottery, what is this a reference to? This is onak Shabbat. Bechinat vetanuach vetamod de goralecha leketayamin. As in Daniel, vetanuach, you will rest. Vetamod de goralecha. Then you will rise to your lot. Leketayamin. To the right end. What does it mean to vetamod de goralecha? You will rise to your lot. Comes from the word comes from this aspect of Tanuach, you shall rest. When you rest, then you'll rise to your lot, your lottery. So we see that the resting, which is Shabbat, gives, brings rise to this concept of Goral, lottery. So we see that the lottery is able to put an end to altercation. That this is a reference to when it will be entirely Shabbat. This is what it says with Tanuach. And you will rest. This is the aspect of the resting that took place on the seventh day. That God rested on the seventh day. This lottery, Shabbat, which is Shabbat, is able to nullify all the adversaries, all the altercation that a person receives. And not only that, it also has another strength. That with this Shabbat, you create the aspect of the mouth. That with the piece of Shabbat, you create the aspect of the mouth. This is what it says. So then Mishle chapter 18. It separates those who are locked in this in dispute. Those who are locked in argument. What is that? Meaning between the locking and the bonding. Of the leg of the chet and the roof of the chet. Legag chet. Who mafrid. He's able to separate it. And I say, hey chet. And whenever you break the leg of the left, the, the left leg of the letter chet and the roof of the letter chet. When you break it. And I say, hey chet. Sorry, who mafrid. And I say, hey chet. He's able to separate the roof from the left leg. And from the chet, you create the letter hey. Now this is the mouth. Why for the hey? It represents the five articulations of speech. Look how awesome that is. What does that mean? Uven atzumim yafrid. Between those locked in, he separates. What is locked in? The chet is locked. Meaning together, the, the leg is locked to the roof. But whenever you separate the leg, which is locked to the roof, you create a hay. And that hay now creates the aspect of speech, which is the aspect of Shabbat peace. Look how awesome this is. It's beyond my, my knowledge. Something awesome. This is what they asked Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma. ben David ba? When will the son of David come? When will Mashiach come? And he responded, When this gate will fall. Rabbi says, The main thing is this. That it should fall three times. And they won't have enough time to build it until David comes on the third time. It will fall a third time and they won't have enough time to build it. Because what did Rashi say? This is the gate of Aram, where Rabbi Yosemite Kisma was there at the time when he said this phrase. But what is the gate of Aram? This is the gate of the evil side. And whenever the, the Sitra Acha, the gates of the evil side, will fall, one fall after the next, and through the aspect of what we said, Sheheveti, of this aspect of Sheheveti, Canal, we mentioned above. Then David, um, will come, 
and build the gates of holiness. This aspect of Sheveti, I'm not understanding right now. Hopefully, I'll get to it soon if I find, if I understand what it's saying later. Sheveti. Um, okay. Meaning when a person has no emunat chachamim and he doesn't listen to them. And what does not listening to the chachamim have to do? Um, that laying a snare for the mochiach, for the rebuker, bashar at the gate. Laying a trap for the one who rebukes at the gate. Meaning, what it is Through this, this rebuker, this person who doesn't listen to the Chachamim, he, he becomes sick with something that has no healing. They reach the gate of death, meaning this person has reached the gate of death. Which gate is he at? The gate of death. But when they have faith, then the gates of holiness are opened up for him or for these people who have faith. Open up the gate, etc. Shomer emunim, he that keeps faith. Meaning the gates are open for the one who has emunah. When one rises, the other falls. Meaning when the holy side rises, the other one falls. And the same is true of the opposite side, God forbid. Then the gate of Aram will fall once when we raise our emunah. And the raising of emunah. Comes to the vow, then we will shine with the light of our forefathers. Then the the gates of holiness will be built a second time. Lift up your heads, O gates. What are the heads? A reference to the avot, the forefathers, for they are the leaders. They are the heads, as it says in Zohar. Pinchas, daf resh nun gimon amud bet. The avot are the heads of the leaders. These are the heads of the house of your father, of your of your forefathers. When this one rises, this, the other one falls. Meaning, whenever we raise the avot, we raise the shining of the avot. We raise this aspect of neder. We raise emunah through neder. Then the evil side falls again. This is the second time. That the gate of Aram falls. And through the illumination of the Avot, one merits Shabbat to what Shabbat upon will to put to rest Oyev the enemy. He merits peace. Sorry. Then he built rebuild the holy gate a third time. In the aspect of what it says in Zechariah, peace promoting justice. Render in your gates. Put at your gates. Judge at your gates. Um, a peace that promotes uh, mishpat justice. Oh, and not only that staka. I said that with regard to the staka, al tatke ani Don't oppress the the poor man at your gate. Give him that which he needs. Give charity. And through this tzakah, which is Shabbat, which is this, this onak Shabbat, which we explained, he's able to nullify his enemies, which sustain from the Shah Aram, 
which, which receive their sustenance from the gate of Aram. Those who sit at the gate talk about me. Meaning what? For the liver that gets angry is Ben Sabdushehu which is Esav, the athlete of Rome. As he mentioned, which is like a mantle of hair. Meaning they are talking about me at the gate. What's the gate? It's the aspect of Se'ar, the hair of Esav. This is the third time the gate of Aram falls down. This is where Rabbanu's manuscript ends. Now, Rabbanu is going to add some more things here. Rabbi Natan wrote down for us. Um... This is applicable to above. After the word that we brought above Shaveti, remember when I stopped there and I didn't understand? Now Rabbanu is going to explain. Okay. So we're going to see what Sheheveti is. Meaning through the aspect that that the gates of the Sitracha, the gates of Edom and Esav will fall one time after another through the concept of Sheheveti. What's Sheheveti? So we see here, with this, Rabenu omitted a few words that were written in his language over there with his holy handwriting. And when Rabenu gave me um, the manuscript to copy this Torah, Rabenu erased with his holy intention many different words from his holy manuscript. Rabbeinu erased something when he gave it to Rabbi Nathan. In order that I should not copy them. And Rabbi Nathan says, I saw within this that Rabbeinu had a complete meditation, complete concentration when he did this. He did this with complete, um, it was completely intentional. And this, this was Rabbeinu's way Many different times with many different lessons. That Rabbeinu was very precise when he gave me his Torah to copy it down. That he would erase many different words. Which were actually very necessary to the subject material. And yet he omitted some material. Because he did not want to reveal these words. And the one who looks deeply into these places. Is able to understand that there's something missing in the middle of that subject, as we saw with Shehebeti. <clears throat> and within this Torah, you're able to see a little bit. He katav for Rabbeinu wrote Uchshipol vechul edib bechnot Shehebeti through the aspect of Shehebeti that we saw there. This is not Rabbeinu's normal way of writing something. But all of this was Rabbeinu saw that Rabbeinu explained this in a splendid manner. When Rabbeinu wrote it down, he wrote it in the most awesome and splendid manner that was perfectly explained, but with Kavana, he, um, he very precisely skipped in the middle. For every word of Rabbeinu, for all of his holy words, 
were measured and weighed um, and greatly weighed. What to reveal and what not to reveal. And even one word, Rabenu, was very precise upon it to speak it or not to copy it down. That he wouldn't speak it or he wouldn't copy it down. According to what Rabenu understood from his most awesome, awesome perceptions. That he did not need to reveal this. And look in the Torah of 58, section 9, which we're about to get to, but it's written over there that the greatness of those who are upright in the generation, that greatness of those who are fitting, of those who are upright people in the generation is a vessel to renew the Torah in the aspect of the Elu, etc., etc. So what does that mean? We see that it's obviously missing something there to the eyes. And now upon what we just explained, what Rabbi Nathan just told us, we, we can understand the matter. For there, Rabenu also in lesson 58, the next lesson which we're about to do, Rabenu erased many different words in the middle of the Torah. And also within that Torah, Sorry, within the Torah above, we explained that Rabbeinu revealed uh, he didn't, um, he erased many different words. And the same is true of the Torah of 58, which Rabbeinu revealed, bef- erased beforehand many different words and subjects in different places in the Torah that are less obvious, that we can't necessarily see on the surface. And the same is true of Lesson 59. There also we see that he a race in section 5 lesson. As we see by those words over there, the Rabban um, didn't reveal and um, erase something. Erased some, some things. Rabbeinu over there erased some words. And the same is true of different places within lesson 59 as well. And the same is true of many different lessons that Rabbeinu gave me to be copied. And these words are beyond us, beyond our understanding. So we see here something awesome. When Rabbeinu is giving us a Torah, as we can clearly see, if a person has a little bit of wisdom, you can see that what Rabbeinu here is revealing is not something small. Rabbeinu is revealing the deepest secret of the Torah and bringing it up to us, to us, uh, down to us, people who are very small in the most awesome and applicable manner with the idea of nedarim and how we're able to do this, this, this submission of enemies to Onik Shabbat, this staka which one come, is able to do through Shabbat. All this most amazing stuff, this chidushim, which Rabbeinu brings from on high. We see here that Rabbeinu is... Is not saying things stam, that everything is precise. And Rabbi Nathan goes as far to say that every letter, every single word was weighed by Rabbeinu. And the reason why he decided not to write something over there was because he decided it was not worthy to be revealed. It was not, uh, maybe it was, that, um, it was too high. That it um, shouldn't have been revealed. So we see here that the tzaddik is very precise in the way he's writing things. That's why we cannot miss a word. And the main idea of the seder is to say every word and to, in simple translation, explain it because that's the way Rabenu wanted us to go through it, to to simply translate the words and to get the, whatever practical advice that Rabenu is teaching us. Shayach leot aleph ubet. 
This is applicable to section one and two in the lesson. The one who um, disgraces a, a sage doesn't have a healing to his sickness. Now Rabenu explains. All healings are compounds. That one takes one medicine with this herb, um, this random medicine with this random herb, and he mixes it together in a certain measure and weight. And the same is true of another herb, which is weighed according to a different man. And how we weigh different sort of types of herbs and medicines, etc. Each and every herb has a different strength. And when you mix these types together, you make for it a compound, a compound of herbs. We find that this compound now has the power to heal sicknesses. We find that herbs are able to heal someone, medicines are able to heal someone, because the measure was per- perfect in this regard. And different things were added together in order to create this thing which could heal the sickness for this sort of sickness. We find that the essence of healing comes from compounds. That you create a completely novel strength through the strength that is received from all these herbs that are mixed together. Meaning all these herbs coming together created this new strength that is completely brand new in the world. And with the strength of this compound, one is able specifically to heal those who are sick. This is why we need an expert healer. That knows how to make these compounds. But one who is not an expert. Even if this person takes medicines that are known to heal people, that are the strength to heal, with all of this said, it will work at all. For he does not know how to bring them together. The same is true of the Torah. For the Torah is a healing for all things. Rabban was explaining the practicality of medicine. The Torah is medicine. The Torah is a healing to every single thing. Every single sickness. And to all flesh, to all of his flesh, it's a healing. The Torah is a healing to all flesh. But the only one who knows the Torah, the healing of the Torah, is the wise man of the generation. For had been given over them the ability to expound the Torah upon the 13 principles of the Torah through which they're expounded upon. But from the Torah itself, it's impossible to know this thing, except by means of the wise men of the generation. I mean, even if you just read the Torah in simplicity, it might have this medicine here, or this medicine there, but you do know how to connect two concepts together to bring a healing. Because the main healing comes through compounds, not just one thing at once. It has to come through certain measures and certain, certain types coming together. That the wise men of the generation know how to interpret the Torah. They explain it, for the Torah is poor in one place, but it's rich in another place. They collect, they, they put together, and they compound the Torah. And they expound it from place to place with the 13 principles of the Torah. And they remove and they add and they expound. And it's brought in the Gemara And even if it's written in the Torah a certain way, 
a certain word is written like something. They will take out from that word, for example, a certain letter. They will subtract from that word a certain letter. Or they'll take out a word from a phrase. And another place they'll add something. And with this they expound the Torah according to what they know. According to that which has been given over to them. This is why when a person blemishes in the honor of a Tamid Chacham, he has no healing to his sickness. For the essential strength of the healing that he receives from the Torah, it's impossible to receive except by means of the wise of the generation. Because it was given to them to expound. The permission was given to them. And they know how to compound the letter of the Torah. For this is the essential strength of healing. For all herbs receive their strength from the Torah. And their essential strength to heal comes through that compound that is created. Therefore, Rabbeinu tells us the essence, the essential healing is dependent upon the wise men of the generation. That by means of the fact that they know how to expound the Torah and to make compounds of the letters of the Torah. Through this, they receive strength. Sorry, that all the compounds of all the herbs in the world that have the power to heal, receive strength from the Torah. Therefore, the essential thing is this, and to be very careful to honor them, to fear the Chachamim very much. And even if it seems to this person, um, Even if it seems to this person um, that the Talmud Chacham is explaining something that's not really explained or explicitly taught in the Torah according to what this person believes. And it seems to this person that the Chachamim are doing something against the Torah. He has to believe that it's true. That it's certain that they are doing something correct according to the Torah. For the Torah was given to them. For example, we see for the fact that we see that it's explicitly in the Torah with regard to lashes and punishment that we shall give the Persian lashes 40 lashes. But in the Gemara Makot, we see that it's actually 39 lashes. 40 minus 1. For the Chachamim, no, according to the expounding of the Torah and according to the measures of the Torah, according to that which was given over to them, that one needs exactly 39 Malakot, not 40. Therefore, one must believe in the Chachamim to throw away his own intellect and his mind. Just rely on the Chachamim. For it was given over to them to expound. As we said above. Rabbi is teaching us a principle that we cannot get elsewhere. And we see this many times in the That the essence of a Jew is to throw away all his wisdoms. And to completely rely on Emunah. To completely rely on Emunah Chachamim. And this is the key here. And how does one um, restore his Emunah Chachamim? Through the Nedech.
as we saw above. May we fulfill our nedarim. May we bring this shining of the or of the avot to our nedarim. May we have onik shabbat to our nedarim. God willing to subdue our enemies, and may we see Mashiach Amen. Amen. God willing, let's store away our chokhmat, chokhmat, and go lesson by lesson with the team Rabenu, trying to apply everything he says in simplicity, and with wholesomeness. Amen. Kinyan